I got to cut it short. The Niners just throw a 35-yard screen pass for a touchdown to cut this thing to 19-14. And I had my co-host scared to join the podcast. He was too upset. He was crying in his soup. So, Jordan, I appreciate you for joining me. If you want to plug where we can find you, what you're about, who you are, before we even get started talking about these NFL headlines, please do. Thank you yeah, for coming um, on, my guy. I, I'm Jordan Maxson. Uh, I'm a co-host over at Sunday Morning Tailgate here on Variety Sports Network with my brother, Doug Stevens. Uh, we're on 10, 1045 uh, Pacific Time, 1145 Eastern every Sunday. Uh, we took a little bye week this week, but I'm from the Cincinnati area. I've been uh, Cincinnati born and bred, big time Bengals fan, big time AFC North guy, uh, big Ohio State guy on Saturdays. So just kind of where I'm at. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming on. I I know Doug's a big Cleveland fan. We played him last week. He got the better of the 49ers and we play you next week. You guys are coming off a bye just like the Browns were. I, it's kind of a weird little thing that's happening. We play you guys off. You guys coming off a bye. How are you feeling about the Bengals this year? You guys have gotten off the slow starts before, but you guys have picked it up. You made it to the Super Bowl two years ago, the AFC Championship game the year before or last year. Do you have that run in you, or are you a little worried this year? Uh, I'm still a little worried. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow's calf obviously is always going to be in the back of my mind. His mobility, it's looking better. You know, the line's looking a little better, gelled together, but uh, we still got a lot of question marks. Uh, the absence of Jesse Bates is still being felt very heavily. Nick Scott's trying to come in and do some cleanup duty, but it, it's not working out really well. Uh, defensive line isn't getting a lot of push outside of uh, our two starting tackle defensive tackles, so we don't really have a three technique. We haven't had it since Larry Joby departed. And uh, we'll just kind of see where that takes us. We were four and four last year at our break. We're three and three this year. I mean, I, I think they have a lot of good football left in them. I think the offense has just kind of started. So uh, we'll see if mixing can get that run game going. Uh, I'll be a lot more confident and take some pressure off Joe. I feel like that's the key to your team. And you mentioned him at the end is Joe Mixon. He seems to have, in my opinion, from what I've seen, which is limited, I don't watch every snap of the. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals has lost his step. Is that true, or is he still the same running back and the holes aren't opening up? Am I missing something? What are your, is Joe Mixon still the guy? Is there any like, is there someone behind him who could step into that role, or is that not available? I, I, I still think Joe Mixon is the guy. Uh, you know, Father Time gets the best of all of us. I think he's lost a little bit of pep in his step, but the holes are just not there. Uh, you look at the left side of the line, uh, our left guard going into a second year uh cordell balson still has low low run grades uh it's just not kind of happening alex cap is kind of having a sophomore slump in the sense of being in cincinnati uh some of his ratings eff grades are down but uh as for the anybody behind him i mean man it's a it's, it's an open tryout i mean we had yeah. chris evans kind of plugged in week one uh we had trayvon williams coming off of injury he, you know, he's got some solid runs, but it's just uh, Brown that we drafted uh, late in the fourth round hasn't really panned out yet. So really, it's an open audition. I, I was kind of hoping that we would trade for some kind of running back depth, or maybe I'm getting Samaji here on back from Denver. It was kind of the whispers around the local area, but uh, so far, uh, 
we really haven't done anything. And that kind of makes me mad because you look at the Eagles, who just played last night, already made a move into their secondary, trading for Bird to the Titans. So, Yeah, absolutely. The, what the Eagles just did in the offseason, we'll get into a little later, which is like really strikes at the 49ers because the Eagles are like their biggest competition, or at least we think of them as our biggest competition in the NFC. Now it looks like every game from here on out might be a struggle. I mean, I'm probably over-exaggerating as a 49er fan, but the tackling has been atrocious the last two weeks, the way we played against the Browns. And you brought up Lair- like our old line without Trent Williams has been god-awful. Like Larry and, and Joe, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but the defensive ta- lineman from the Bengals, now on the Browns, I believe, just tore us up. Miles Garrett, defensive player of the year probably at this point. We'll move to the the Browns and the win they had last week. We'll get into Deshaun Watson. Is Deshaun Watson just washed? Is he just not the quarter? He won't be a starting quarterback after like this year, probably. I, I can't imagine the Browns having much more patience with him. I, I believe the Browns are in the same boat the uh, Denver Broncos are. There's so much guaranteed money up front that you have to ask yourself, man, you got to go out and try. Uh, but I. I, I don't know if it's in his head. I don't know how much is actually his rotator cuff, how much last week pressure was to get him back out there. But they uh, they definitely got to start investing in another guy. Is is Walker the guy long term? I don't think so. You know, he he's playing well enough with the scheme they got going on with the run game and the defense. That's absolutely kind of reminds you of the two thousands Ravens. Uh, if you get a good run game and a quarterback that can manage, I mean, Cleveland can do that. Can do that all the way to the playoffs, but uh, I don't think they'll win the big one. But I definitely, definitely see him coming in this year as uh, as a team to beat. Is who who's the next contender? The Steelers, the Ravens. I I feel like the Steelers probably have the better overall talent, but I'd rather have Lamar, even though Lamar has his faults. Some people love him, some people hate him. I'm more on the. I don't love Lamar Jackson, but he does win you football games. I just don't trust him to win the big one. But who do you think has the better team, the Steelers or the Ravens going forward? And who gives the Browns more of – or who do you think will win that division, I guess, will be a better way of putting it. Uh, I, I, I think it's either Ohio – I think it's both Ohio teams. I think it's going to come down to Cincinnati or Cleveland. I You, you kind of look at – I'm not sold on Lamar. Yeah, he had a big day against Detroit. You know, it was at home. It was in Baltimore. But, you know, we've seen that in years past where he's had a really big game and he's had a game where, you know, he, he makes nine to ten yard throws, you know, way out of bounds into the stands. So it just kind of depends on what Lamar you get. The Steelers, they have an aging defensive line. Uh, their quarterback play is going to be inconsistent. A lot of inexperience there. I don't see him taking the next step on the mantle. Their defense is always going to give us fits. T.J. Watson always going to keep them competitive. But at the end of the day, that's not enough on a uh, 17-game schedule. So, Absolutely. Uh, sticking with the AFC, uh, so you think it'll come down to – how do you and Doug on the Saturday showdown – I know that's a college football show – you being a Bengals fan, him being a Browns fan, how long have you been friends? Has this been a lifelong animosity? Not like obviously it doesn't get in the way of your friendship and your podcasting, but is it a, has it been a lifelong like little bitter rivalry? Is it is, is it – do how does that come about does it show its head on the on the podcast even though you're not talking nfl uh i i'm not uh i'm not part of the i'm i myself i'm not part of the college show yet uh i haven't made an appearance on it 
but uh, uh, as for Doug and I, we've been friends since uh, 2001. So you're looking at a you're looking at a 20, 20, 20 year friendship. Uh, it it shows it shows its heads in uh, you know competitive bets and you know I've worn Cleveland gear, he's worn Cincinnati gear, but uh, we're both lifelong Buckeye fans. So for at least one day of the week, we uh, we we come together and root our Buckeyes on, which are absolutely killing it right now on defense. Do you dislike Ryan Day as much as Doug dislikes Ryan Day, as, as far as I see from the tweets? Or are you more favorable, Ryan Day? How's that go about? Uh, I'm, uh, uh, I guess I, I would compare it to a Batman villain, honestly. I'm two faced on Ryan Day. Uh, you know, it's just <laughs> there, there are some days where I, 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 am, I am tweeting so heavy, you know, fire day, fire day. But then you come out. You know, granted, he was calling out Lou Holtz, but I, I honestly think that was just kind of call out for the media in general, because it's always you know Ohio State can't win the big one. Ohio State, you know, chokes on this and does that. But at the end of the day, he Ryan Day's been a winner. You know, he's got over hundred, you know, seven hundred winning percentage. Yeah, uh, but it, but it, it, in Ohio, being from Ohio, it, it comes down to one game, and that game is in November. You know, you you can. You can lose all your games and win that one game in November and still have a job. And, uh, you know, the, the big question is, will he beat Michigan this year? And that will turn the tide on everybody, you know, anti-day, pro-day. But I do – some of his play calling on offense is kind of atrocious. I think he's got to clean some things up. Uh, I think he underutilizes a lot of talent. But uh, we'll see. At the end of the day, I got, you know, I, I never root for him to fail. But – uh you know, yeah, it's of, a hit or miss love and hate relationship. With it, it, it is the biggest love and hate relationship of my life. <laughs> From afar, being a California kid who really doesn't have much invested in college football. Like, I like Penn State, but it doesn't hurt my feelings when they lose. It doesn't ruin my day as much as, like, a Midwestern or a Northern, like, uh, Ohio State or Michigan fan. How much passion they have for this team. I see it. As, he doesn't. He doesn't recruit the same talent as Urban Meyer. I feel like Urban Meyer brought in like this talent, or even Tressel, like brought in these talented guy like the like the Pryor, who maybe not your prototypical quarterback, or Stroud. Did did they recruit Stroud, or was that a Meyer recruit? Like it just seems like Meyer brought in this talent that was SEC level, where now Michigan kind of gets the more better of the recruiting classes in Ohio State. Am I off? I, I would say you're a little bit off. I mean, we're still yeah. wide receiver, you baby. I mean, you look at well, Marvin Harrison. You look at Mar- the most Marvin special. Harrison Jr. Aboka. Yeah. You know, we have uh, Chris Henry Jr. coming up in the next two years. That's already verbally committed to Ohio State. Uh, what what Brian Hartline and company are doing there is is amazing. Uh, as for what is you're Hartline saying, the next co- the next head coach at Ohio State? Is that the what how? People see it in Ohio, or is that not? Because that's the name I always hear on the coaching staff outside of day. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put a label on that yet. I think, uh, I think they, if they want him to hang around, they will have to give him a bigger position. Otherwise, he's, he's going to wind up like Fickle and kind of trickle out in Ohio, probably work his way yeah. in the Big Ten. But uh, at, at the end of the day, uh, Hartline's there to stay. He's happy with his position. But as what you were saying, uh, you know, we're, we're still recruiting heavy, heavy players. You, you look at our defense, uh, we have a lot of returning starters, a lot of people that have been there a while. Eichenberg's on his fourth year. 
I think you still have the Samoan up. guy who was unbelievable last year, the defensive tackle or DN. Uh, JT Tamoa, uh, he, yeah. he uh, this is his junior year, so really he did all that as a sophomore. That was his so. first two years. Yeah, that was his first two years. Uh, he's playing an unbelievable football uh, against a great offensive line <laughs> last week in Penn State, and you know he made a lot of big plays. And even going back to, uh, you know, a lot of people were doubting the win against Notre Dame, but Notre Dame went to USC and absolutely smacked them to kind of show how leaps and bounds better Ohio State is. Before we get back to the NFL, I'm just intrigued by this Big Ten, Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, especially with someone who's so invested in it. What do you think of the Michigan cheating scandal? I kind of see it as, like, advanced scouting. Maybe it's pushing the line. I don't see it as, like, this big – Maybe with what they've done before and how they've tried to catch Jim Harbaugh and his cheating, I feel like is affecting what they're going after now. Do you feel the same way, or is it you feel like he's crossed the line and it's time to cut the head off of Michigan and they need to regroup and start over? Well, I mean, I, I to say they need to regroup and start over would be absurd. I mean, they're winning and they're winning yeah, by a large margin. So, but I, if they it, well, could the NCAA come in and just say? We're not a lot like we're gonna put these sanctions on you that will not allow you to compete. No players are. Do you think that could happen, or are they kind of overblowing this? Uh, I I most certainly know it's NCAA. Uh, you know, I, I never thought Ohio State would get a bowl ban for some tattoos and paraphernalia. You know, one of Urban Meyer's exactly. first years there, we we went undefeated and we couldn't do anything about it. So uh, never say never when it comes down to NCAA sanctions. I believe one's coming, but I also believe that big market's going to weigh in on that too, on their decision. You know, is that is that what's going to be best for business right now for the ratings? Is that what's going to be best for business for the conference? I don't think you'll see any disciplinary actions this year. And you hear rumors of him looking at the Bears job. So I, I think, if anything, he will probably jump ship at the end of the season. Back to the NFL. Let's get into this Minnesota Vikings-San Francisco 49ers game. That's what we're here for. Are you watching the game live, or are you just sitting here talking I, to me? I, I am watching the game live, as we say. Perfect. We got a second and 15 questionable call on Tavarius Ward. He's had his ups and downs already this game. He's had the pick. He has the missed pick that leads to a touchdown at the end of the half. I don't even think my chair works the same since that play. I feel like it's just <laughs> going to collapse on me. But who do you think is going to win this game? What's your bold prediction on who wins this game as of right now? And – What are you – let's start with, what are your thoughts on Brock Purdy? Do you think he's a capable Super Bowl winning quarterback? Or do you think he's just kind of the average guy getting carried by a great squad? Uh, You know, I – And there's a mixture of both of those in there, which is probably where the truth lies. It's definitely a mixture because, I mean, he doesn't – on a whole grand scale of things, he doesn't have a lot of NFL experience yet. Uh, he's playing, you know, he, he didn't play a total complete season last year, but he won what he was supposed to. Uh, you know, the, the championship game, he got injured along with every other quarterback on the roster. So that kind of ended the game ugly for him. But I, yeah. I, I think he is a more than capable quarterback to win games in this league. Now, I think he's playing in a great system with some unbelievable weapons. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is amazing. Debo Samuels on outside and inside. Ioka catching balls on the outside. You have a great tight end and Kittle. You have great protection when it's healthy on the line. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, is it a system? Yes, but they've played other guys before. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo, couldn't get over the hump for him. You know, at the 
end of the day, mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick's talent fell apart, both whether it was distractions or that personal. That was kind of before this system. That was the Harbaugh era. But, yeah, you're right. It has fallen apart. There, It has been like a system. And it's a run-first system. And it always has been in San Francisco, at least since, like, Jeff. I don't even want to say Jeff Garcia is on this level because he never won anything. He might have won well, I mean, one you back to, It's been a run-first system since Frank Gore was there. So Exactly. I mean, yes, you're correct. I mean, the Dennis Erickson years from, yeah, years ago. I do you think they'll win this game? Do you think this is a this, if you're a championship team, this is a game you pull out. That's how I look at this game or this game. And I think of this 49ers. I thought they were the best team in the league, and I still do. I even if they lose this game, I'm gonna be pissed. This is a game you should win, but I still think well, they're fully healthy. It's the best. Well, team in the I, league. I, I can't flip flop now. I, uh, I, I did the Sunday morning pickums for our Sunday morning tailgate, even though we didn't have a full show, I still went down and uh. The 49ers were my pick, and I, I, you know, I had to continue to back that up. But I think you're seeing, you're seeing what we always see out of Kirk Cousins when the lights get brighter, he plays better. If it's a 1 p.m. game, it's questionable. So I mean, well, that's, I, it's nothing new. Stats aren't Kirk always. So he is two and ten on Monday Night Football games. I mean, not. A, I he does play better. He's he's Kirk Cousins. He plays great. He, he's hit or miss. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's absolutely infatuated with him. The 49er fan base is obsessed with him. It's, it's a lot like they're like, bring him in. Everyone wants him to bring him in. or everyone, Like half the fan base wants him to bring him in. Half the fan base is like, get rid of him. They don't even talk about him. It's a very interesting dynamic with Kirk Cousins and the San Francisco fan base. The San Francisco fan base is insane as well. Like you lose one game, two games. I can't wait for Talk Sports Radio if they lose this game tomorrow. It's going to be absolutely insane. Blow the whole thing up. Fire Santa and And I don't know if that's just how it is in San Francisco and, like, how they expected to win from the 80s before my time with Walsh and Seifert. And, like, it just built upon this. But is that how it is where you live in Ohio? Or is it a little more contained because it's more like college football they get that way? Uh, it, it's a little more contained because because we've seen slow starts the last couple of years from Cincinnati, so it's a little bit more contained. But I mean, we're always with, with offensive play calling. We're we're always kind of putting our head coach on the hot seat. Uh, he's not totally beloved yet, but he he's won a lot of us, a lot of us over. You know, we went over a decade of the Marvin Lewis era, so a lot of a lot of heartache and pain in that, and you know the terrible decisions and the late signings at kind of the bottom of the barrel. Uh, talent that no other team wanted, uh, and you know we're not getting a lot of that. But uh, no, we're we don't hit panic mode after a loss. So the Vikings just hit a field goal to make it an eight point game with like twenty seconds left in the third period. Um, you being a Bengals fan, how old are you exactly? Because I know the Bengals have had a long, long, very. I don't. You need to be real, but like a crappy 20 years before the Joe Burrow, Burrow era. They had a couple years with Palmer, but that ended in a disaster. I'd love to get your thoughts on that because he came to the Raiders and the Raiders made a terrible trade for him when they were just desperate. Hugh Jackson, when Al Davis dies, gets like full control, makes a weird trade for Carson Palmer. But what are your thoughts first on Carson Palmer? And what was it like being a Bengals fan in those years before Joe Burrow? Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't as bad. It, it had its moments, but it wasn't as bad because you remember that, uh, you know, the first year Carson Palmer was holding a clipboard, John Kitna turned us around and we went eight and eight. We had some high points. You know, we had Chad Johnson. We had Hushman's on the team. P. 
Peter Work was still a part of us. Uh, Corey Dillon had just exited. Rudy Johnson had just kind of took the mantle on the roll. And then it kind of went from there. Uh, Palmer went 8-8 eight and eight the year after that. Yeah, I believe he finished the year with uh, 32 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. But it had a lot of spark to that offense. Uh, he did make a couple of playoff appearances. He did win AFC North twice. Uh, post his, you know, Post his departure, Andy Dalton made five playoff appearances. It was always we couldn't win the big game when the big game was pressured. You know, he could beat New England. He could beat these teams that were playoff contenders on a Sunday at 1 o'clock. But when the lights went on, he was completely opposite. So it was it, it was a very frustrating for us to win 12 games, 11 games, 9 games this rookie season. You know, going to going to the Texans, getting smacked two years in a row. And then, of course, you know, the, the absolute meltdown with A.J. McCarron against the Steelers in, in uh, 2013, I believe it was, when uh, A.J. McCarron had the game won, had the go-ahead touchdown, A.J. Green, and then the defense just uh, just melted. Vontez Burfitt with a late hit on the elbow. I think, I think that changed Elbow's career that, or his life, that one hit. But, that yeah, that it, you know, but and I hope AB gets better. But AB has not been the same mentally since. But uh, absolutely. Um, we're gonna AJ Green. Is, is there a correlation? Who, who could be a better wide receiver, AJ Green or Jamar Chase? Obviously, AJ Green's had the longer career, but who has the higher? Does Jamar Chase have a higher upside upside than AJ Green? Because I've seen AJ Green was a special pal. I've seen him get, go up again. He was like the ra- kind of like a little slower Randy Moss, in my opinion. Like he'd go up, get any jump ball. There's nobody I'd rather have. Maybe Larry Fitzgerald. Those three guys are the top three jump ball guys I think I've seen in the NFL. Could Jamar Chase surpass AJ Green? I think Jamar Chase will statistically pass AJ Green. But one thing we kind of keep got to keep in our back pocket is AJ Green had a quarterback that could not get the ball downfield to him. A.J. Green's catches were often cut off routes. They had to go back for and make one-on-one fights and win a lot of 50-50 balls. Uh, They used them a lot in the screen game. Uh, A.J. Green was a phenomenal talent and really suffered from Andy Dalton not having the arm to actually utilize them in a proper way. Or Jamar Chase has a guy that can absolutely, when healthy, deliver the ball to him on time. And they have that college connection you know, they have that experience. And so, yeah, I think Jamar Chase, if uh, if Cincinnati locks him in for the long haul, will surpass A.J. Green. Um, one last thing before we move on to just strictly paying attention to this 49ers and Vikings game play-by-play. And um, we do play the Cincinnati Bengals next week. They're coming off a bye. Is Joe Burrow's health uh, – obviously he hasn't been healthy the first – five games of the season. I think we could all agree on that. Do you expect him to be fully back, or is this just not going to be the same until he gets three months in the offseason to get this thing healthy? Uh, I, I think he's going to be about 80 to 90% back. Uh, his mobility looked a lot better uh, against the Seahawks. Uh, some of the plays didn't pan out, but he bought a lot. I mean, he had one play where he completely reset the offensive line. Uh, the ball, he went five yards downfield because the coverage on the back end was good. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to see a Joe Burrow really ready to let it go. And uh, you, he- you heard a lot about the offense this week. Uh, you know, I believe they're ranked 28th right now overall. 
Uh, they're going to expect them to get more points and look for a lot of big packages. Uh, a lot of their success early against the Seahawks uh, personnel was coming in left and right. All three running backs got involved. Uh, tight ends had catches. All four wide receivers starting got involved. So uh, look for a lot of heavy packages just constantly coming at you. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to get it. I, I looked at the stats, and I did not want to down in that game. I was that down. And I just was like, this seems like the Bengals should have. Did they win that game? They did win that game, right? 17-14. But I was not impressed. I Just by the box, I was like, this doesn't look like the same Bengals offense that I've seen from the previous years. I, like, they, I don't know. Smoke and mirrors are at home, and they only score 17 points. They have like 150 passing yards, like 250 total yards. It just didn't impress me in the numbers. I didn't watch the game. Uh, I'm self-admittedly. It, but it was a kind of a return to form to the Bengals. Joe Burrow, at least, his athleticism-wise. And did Brock Purdy's athleticism – that's who I compare Brock Purdy to because he doesn't have the great arm. He doesn't have the – Joe Burrow probably has a better arm. But just their timing and how they get the ball out on time, kind of like Tua, those three, I just feel like, are the best timing route quarterbacks. And Burrow on another level, he's done it for more years. He's more consistent when he's healthy. But do you see any of Purdy or Burrow or Purdy and Burrow, I guess would be from when what you've seen of Purdy? Uh, I'm going to be a little biased here. Uh, not really because uh, no, you know, more than uh, Joe, Bur- Joe, Joe Burrow played behind some of the worst offensive lines in the league. Uh, Joe Burrow Absolutely. had one of the worst centers in the league. During a Super Bowl run, that was ranked dead last in his position. Joe Burrow's had terrible left tackle play. Joe Burrow's now on we're now on the third different right tackle in three years, uh, and you know that a lot of his injuries are because he's had to squeeze and make moves and do shimmies and buy time. And uh, there's just nobody in the league that's doing it like Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, I, even this line right now, you know, he if, if you got him. A healthy line. I, I I don't think there'll be a lot of teams that could beat him. I mean, I agree that the Niners I'm, the Niners have had Trent Williams, who's in my estimation the best offensive line. But I feel like they'll be on their third right tackle next year. I think their center, their guards are all easily replaceable. I think they're made better by having a beast like Trent Williams, who Burrow has not had at all, which is fair. I I just think Burrow or Purdy has like that escapability in the Burrow line where it's not like running for first down. He just did it on third down. He didn't have the arm strength to get it to Ayuk on fourth down. It bounced right or like close. He could have caught it if he dove, but he didn't. I just, that's who I feel like Purdy could be like. Burrow's obviously better. I wouldn't like trade Burrow for Purdy. I'm not saying that at all. No, not not even not even. Close. Yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to be crazy here. Moody with a huge field goal to cut it to five from 55 yards out after going one of three, one of for four in his last four. Big field goal, cut it to five. We got a ball game. We have a ball game here on the TM broadcast. Thanks for tuning in, everyone watching. Uh, Jordan, thanks for answering all my questions. Thanks for being knowledgeable on everything I'm asking you. Yeah, we're going to commercial. I need to use the restroom. Let me just use a sponsor. I'll be right back. Um, I'll be right back. Jordan, 
if you want to tune in, if you want to stay on, you're more than welcome. You got to go. No, thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll stay on for a little bit. We'll see you when you get back. All right, perfect. I'll be right back. Three years ago, it's overturned. I'm not so sure. Tuned in to the TMB podcast. We are back. We got the fourth quarter to go. 49ers down by five, five with about 13 minutes left. What a game we have here. I I thought this game was over at halftime after that unlucky play by Tavarius Ward where Jordan Addison rips it out of his hands for a touchdown. Is there any headlines you want to get into that happened this week? Anything that you'd like to touch on as far as NFL, college, while we're at a break? I mean, you, you really look at uh, really look at the, the Bears strung together two wins. Uh, the Giants got a big upset against their rivals in Washington. Uh, you, you look at, uh, you know, Cleveland squeaking it out and going four and two. And AFC, you look at Miami starting to crumble without their left tackle and other injuries to their wide receiving core. I mean, that's that's something to really watch. But also that, you know, they're getting some of their secondary guys back here soon. So for what they're losing, they're gaining. Uh, I mean, we could go kind of any direction. What what catches your eye mostly this week? Let's go with let's go back to that Dolphins Eagles game. Uh, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey did miss the whole year. Xavier Howard misses last week. Did we see the two best wide receivers on the field in in Tita Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown with what he's done the last four years? I I kind of underrated AJ Brown, I believe, in the previous years where I was like, ah, he's kind of just this physical freak. But there's no nuance to his game. I was kind of like, yeah, if you have someone who can stand up to him, you can stop him. These last four, five, this whole season actually, he's been pretty unstoppable. Who are the two? I, I put Tita at number one. I know others don't, but just that speed is just game changing to me. It's like another level that nobody else could reach. So I put him at number one. I know Adams or even Jamar Chase are there or Jetta when he's healthy. Who I guess Jetta's top two when he's healthy. Yeah, but I mean, Je- of, Je- Justin Jefferson is outside hands of Jefferson. Down, we're gonna, hands down we're number one not, for me when he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Ty, Tyreek Hill's got amazing speed and playability, but Justin Jefferson can create his own space, uh, do a lot of things with a 50-50 ball, has incredible speed. I'll put so, Jefferson 
I still would take Key to kind of his speed. It's just different. I think you have to play him differently. Key Jefferson's going to be one better one on one, like in create, like going up and getting the ball. But is AJ Brown in the top three? Then if we're gonna, I'm gonna have Key. You're gonna have Jetta. Or would you put AJ Brown above Tyreek Hill? Where, where, where? I guess the question is, where do you rank AJ Brown as a wide receiver in today's NFL? I mean, I would definitely, I, I would definitely keep him in my thoughts and as in the top five. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't go necessarily any higher than that. I mean, he's he's an incredible possession receiver. Uh, he still has speed to get downfield, but uh, you know, he can create his own space. As for breakaway speed, you know, you, you got to give it to the Cheetah. Breakaway speed, you got to give it to Jefferson. So who do you who who do your top who would you put above him after Jefferson? Hill. I assume you'd probably have Adams and Chase as the four. Uh, I, I definitely have Devonte Adams at uh, at three. Man, I have Jamar. Chase oh, we got a special, a special showy Brian Johnson. I know, I know, I know he's your boy, but he's playing like a pussy tonight. I'm tired of Shanahan. Grow some fucking stones, dude. It's been all night with this guy. Come on, dude. Brian, I love the passion. Thanks for coming in. I mean, Brian, is AJ Brown a top five wide receiver in the NFL? I don't know, man. Like, where's Ayuk's touches since week one, man? What's up, dude? Like, I don't know. Brian, I, I wasn't expecting this energy from you, Brian. I appreciate it. We're gonna. I'm just like, I'm just burned burn out with the offense. He doesn't. He doesn't want to spread it out. Like, where's where's Ayuk? Where's like the rest of the weapons, and I don't know, man. Like, like th- this, this is some poor, piss poor game planning tonight, man. I mean, well, we could start with the Christian McCaffrey fumble in the first quarter on the first drive. I mean, we that has, that's nothing to do with it, dude. It's like it he, he can never right. go for fourth down, man. I mean, if we kick that field goal and we kick a, and Moody makes his field goal, we're winning. I, 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 it's not a, I, this, I didn't, the, jeez, oh, oh, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> hey, on the TOB podcast, we got some passion. Brian, that's not what I was expecting to see. I, let me take a deep breath, re-catch my, so Kyle, that's what I'm talking about, 49ers fans. You lose two games in a row, <laughs> that's what you get. It's insane. The, the season's a marathon, man. You gotta, you gotta take it week by week. Uh, that's not what I was expecting when he came on. I thought it'd be more cool, calm. I thought he came on late because he was relaxing. That is not the case. All right. Anyway, um, back to headlines in the NFL. I don't know if you got into the Bears and the Raiders and the Commanders who brought those two games up first. Josh Allen after the game says, "I'm sick of this shit." He's wearing his do rag. I I've been here seven years. In going back to the raid, I just could imagine Max Crosby two years from now. The same quote coming out of his mouth: "I'm sick of this. I've been here for seven years. I'm doing everything I can to win." Are those, are, is that the NFC and AFC equivalents of each other? Uh, I, I I wouldn't necessarily go that far. But uh, you know, definitely, definitely, the Raiders have enjoyed a, a lot more success of late. No, uh, but Washington, no way. If, 
The Raiders, I mean, I guess. I guess and the, the, the Raiders were in the playoffs play. just two years ago. I mean, with a, a showdown with the Bengals that ended up on a goal line stand. I mean, that's. When was Heineke in the playoffs? When he was running in, against Tampa Bay when they had. Fuck. Big first down for the Vikings. But that wasn't the same era. I, I feel like it's been around the same. I, I wish Darren was on here because he's a big Raiders fan. He, he it, rips it, on him all the time. It's been around you the same. Right the Raiders, have had, in, the Raiders, you know, in my opinion, the Raiders have had more success of late. Where the, you know, the the, the Washington Commanders going through the the ownership scandal and the emails and all the negativity that came with that, and even dating back a little bit further, you know, they kicked the tires on McNabb and gave him a horrible exit out of the league. They've been through quarterback after quarterback. They mishandled the Kirk Cousins situation. You know, just continuously signing them on. Let's give them the, the the maximum one year deals. Would essentially kind of equated to, and uh, really not figuring out the offense around him until he left. So, still haven't really drafted a quarterback that's that's honestly going to be the long term answer. I I, yeah. I just think they're in a world of hurt. You know, Ron Rivera doesn't look like River Riverboat Ron anymore. He's not going for it on fourth down shorts. Uh, he looks like he's kind of lost some backbone on defense. I don't know. There's just a lot going on in Washington that's not necessarily going on. And I but to retaliate, to go to Vegas, you have Josh McDaniels, who's gone to Denver with an absolute flame out. He went to Indianapolis for a day and was like, eh, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Came to Las Vegas and I, I mean, I don't see any problem. Do you trust any of their quarterbacks? You got Jimmy G. You got Aiden O'Connell yeah. and Brian Hoyer. Like, kind of the same old shit to me. We got a big yeah. third and four. Nine minutes and a half left. Now. Yes. yes. We're all right. I don't know if I'm ahead of you. You're, you're, just, a, you're just a little ahead of me. I'm, I'm here on the East Coast getting this. <sighs> You're, you're man, it's late for you. Thanks for staying up. I appreciate oh, it. Well, yeah, thank you know, thank you for having me. Uh, but absolutely before, before I wrap anything up, uh, do, do you have any questions for me or any? I got I got one more question. It has nothing to do with anything we've talked about before. Um, who well, actually, we brought up Russell Wilson. Who's the worst quarterback situation? The Broncos with Russell Wilson and the big contract, or the Packers with nothing but. Jordan Love going forward outside of maybe a draft. I guess the Packers could draft a quarterback in the next year. Whose quarterback situation is worse off? Uh, I mean, it's, it's it, it, between those teams, it's definitely, definitely Denver. Because Denver's going to have to pay the price tag with or without Russell Wilson starting, where the, the, the Packers aren't quite tied into that. The Packers can go and find somebody to, to substitute or run the offense kind of get them back to where they need to be without spending an arm and a leg. The, the Packers still have draft picks. Denver doesn't. Denver gave everything away for a quarterback and a coach that's not clicking. Uh, Denver's in a much worse situation. And if you even kind of want to look around the league, Cleveland's not that far off from Denver's situation. You know, if they if they don't play Deshaun Watson, they're still going to have to pay Deshaun Watson prices. And, you know, 200-plus million guaranteed is, is a huge cap hit. For somebody that's not even going to be on the team for much longer, probably not even at the end of this year, on both squads. So, yeah, Green Bay has a lot more to play with. Jordan, thanks for coming on with me. I'm about to bounce watch the end of this game. 
enjoy this end of this game. I imagine I'm going to be celebrating the 24-22 San Francisco 49ers victory. I do want to plug anything before we get out of here uh, and say what you got to say. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, Jordan. No, I, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give you my prediction early. I got uh, I got 27, 24 Cincinnati this week coming up, and uh, you know we're, we're both on a variety of sports network here. So absolutely, I say, uh, come by, uh, come see me and Doug this Sunday for Sunday morning tailgate. Get our pickums in. Here, here our recap of this week and what we're thinking of this upcoming week. Uh, we you know we'd love to have you. Anybody that wants to comment, come in or chime in. Uh, stop on by. Absolutely. Hey, great show. Uh, Jordan, Doug, both know their shit. I comment on most of their Twitter stuff if I see it. Jordan, I don't know if I follow you on Twitter or X or whatever you call it. Send me your link. I'll definitely do everything I can. Like, like, repost. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. It means the world to me. Um, me and Brian will talk it a little bit. We'll get this figured out. Uh, Jordan, thanks for coming on. Uh, TMB, should, we're hoping to do something after this game. If they lose, I don't see Brian being able to condone himself in a healthy way. But, Brian, I love you. There's nothing go, There's nothing wrong. I appreciate the passion. Uh, Jordan, thanks again. This is the TM broadcast. Thanks for watching the Niners, Vikings, third and middle of the fourth. Um, and like that, I'm out of here. Hey, this is Brandon, CEO of the Variety Sports Network. Thank you again for watching tonight's show. Best way you can support us is by hitting that subscribe button, that like button, and hitting the notification so you don't miss out on the next show right here on the Variety Sports Network.